That's how we. That's how we do well. This coffee's getting cold. Oh, I forgot you had coffee. I drank my so drink. I. Hello. Uh, I got you a water. Where were you when um, Glorious China acquired the podcast? Listen, I just want to say, I for one support the Supreme Leader, Glorious Emperor of the Sun. May the sun never set on his reign. Um, and we're proud to be part of China's network as we here at the Gecko Cast also value money over freedom. Well, hello, all prospective listeners, or should I say ni hao. Welcome to the Gecko Gamescast, sponsored by China. This is the number one Chinese game podcast. Why do you think Blizzard was so right in what they did? Well, what I'd like to first say is that I think they should remove Mei from Overwatch. Yeah, I think so, too. I don't know why, but... Um, also, thank you for using your break from mandatory work camps to listen to this podcast. Oh, it was my pleasure. And um, for those of you listening, too, thank you so much for taking a break on yourselves as well to take the time to listen. We really do appreciate it. Um, and if you do ever protest what is going on in Hong Kong, well, then we... Uh, you might as well just get off now. Um, Free Hong Kong! But really, hello, welcome to the Gecko Gamescast. Um, across the table from me is Rich Meister. It's true. The podcast extraordinaire. The uh, failed engineer today. No, 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 no. We've, uh, Don't say that, don't say that. It's been a troubleshoot of a podcast. I mean, hey, if this morning. one ends up going well, did you really fail? Did we fail? I you, mean, you we fail in different ways every day. Oh, well, I guess little happy accidents, as Bob Ross said. Yeah. But hello. Um, I am Eric Ortiz. I am the resident video games analyst... Um, I run statistical analysis on all the games. Have you ever done that? Um, We have a total of, I think, 15 people listening to us. Hi, guys. Hello. I ran analysis on that. Audio seems weird this week. We're having some patchwork issues I'm going to work on going into next week. We're on one mic for right now. I think Um, it'll be fine. Thanks for bearing with us. I think it sounds fine. Um, There's a mic in my hand, but we're not using it. But it makes me... You're just imitating. It's weird. Like, a Blue Yeti, the way it's structured, like, to hold it in your hand is weird. You know what I mean? Like, imagine, like, ta- like singing a song Looks like, like one of those pills, like those pill speakers. Yeah. You it's, know? Everything about it is too big. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's comically... What's going on in there? You know? You it's see, a like, piece of equipment. Eh. But on the Gecko's Gamecast, we talk about video games. What's going on in the industry? What's not going on in the industry? What did Rich play last week? And what do I hate? Who knows? I hate a lot of stuff, but there are a lot of, like, not, I wouldn't say a lot, but a lot of big stuff happened over the course of the week. Yeah, mainly, weirdly. I want to get into the heart of the issue, and you brought it up earlier, should video game walking simulators be called walkies? I think so. I mean, it was a brilliant idea. Can you state your case? Why? Um, I don't know that one. Whoa! Oh, Alexa joining us Alexa, live. what do you have to okay. say about Nobody, this? You know what's funny? I think Alexa was hearing my thoughts because I was trying to think of where I like first heard somebody refer to them as walkies, and I, I think it was Alex Navarro. He said, call them walkies? He said, like, oh, like talking about like walking sims or something. He's like, oh, you mean walkies? Should they be called walkies? Yeah, and I'm kind of going to push for that. I'm going to advocate for it. Like, uh... Yeah, like, you know, what remains of Edith Finch and Firewatch? Oh, the walkies. Well, Alex, that's a brilliant idea. Why not call them walkies? I think we should. No, I'm good. I actually am over it now. Let's just keep calling them what Uh, they are. Walking simulators. Eric, before we get into the heart of the news and what's going on in the world of video games this week, uh, we got some overlap here. Uh, So, don't ask. welcome to the Destiny 2 podcast. Uh, I was going to say, don't ask me. What have you been playing this week? 
Destiny. T- uh, I've been playing Destiny. I bought Shadow Keep. You did? Yes. Okay. Um, I'm pretty. I think I'm like rank nine on that season pass. I don't know what that means. Uh, you should have the season pass even if you don't have Shadow Keep. I bought Forsaken. Do they just yeah. give it to me? I was told well, that they the, don't here, just give it to me. And I'll explain this. Um, for everybody who, if you are diving back into Destiny Two, which everything beyond Forsaken and Shadow Keep is now free to play, um. The entire game's been restructured in a way I'm really digging, which is, as you're already seeing, obviously, base levels are gone entirely. Just your light level, your item level matters now. Which I think is pretty cool. Uh, but what happens to all that experience you were getting that went to your base level? Now it funnels into the season pass, of which there is a free tier that everyone has. You can go into the season pass tabs and you definitely have some unlocks in that already. These guys aren't the first to do this. No. There's another game I'm but thinking of that did this. There's plenty of games that have done this. Dauntless does it. Um, well, it wasn't Dauntless, I can tell you that. But I know, because you didn't play Dauntless. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's a premium tier of the Season Pass, which uh, you get with Shadow Keep, or I think you can buy for $10 mm-hmm. on its own. Um, that gives you some, basically what I've gotten so far is I've gotten a lot of the rarer materials on each tier. At the starting tier, you get a season-exclusive armor set, mm-hmm. which as you level up in, you get a stronger version of that armor as the season continues, and you get a uh, an exotic uh, hand cannon called Erina's Vow. Uh, if anyone remembers how exotics work in Destiny, they are the rarest drops. You can only have one equipped at a time. They're the yellows. The yellows, yeah. Uh, I've actually been using that hand cannon. It's pretty good. It's called Erina's Vow. Uh, its whole gimmick is the first... Sh- it has a scope that is like a sniper tier scope mm. on a hand cannon. Um, and the first shot ignores shields. It's called Arana's Vow? Arana's Vow. Who's Arana? Uh, it sounds familiar. It's probably some character deep in the Destiny lore. I don't carry any of those fancy newfangled weapons. I carry one sidearm. I don't even know what it's called, but it's just a pistol. Pistols are good. And I had to do a bounty uh, where I calibrated sidearms today. Oh, perfect. This morning. Well, that's all I'm carrying. It's my piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have an assault rifle and I have a rocket launcher. I don't do that. Those aren't really uh, I like classy. swords. So, are there swords? Heavy In the heavy weapons category, you can get swords, yes. Uh, was that in one? That was in two only. That uh, was introduced in Destiny 2. There's so much stuff that was introduced in two. I got, um, I got a bow for my secondary weapon recently, a void bow that's pretty good. How is it? I really like using bows in this game. Yeah? Uh, like, obviously there's drawbacks because they, t- like, very precision aiming and they have, like, a drawback speed and stuff, but they do high damage. You want to know what the best bow play I've ever seen in any video game was so far? Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. I was going to say, um, why can't I remember the name of this game? The PlayStation game. Oh, uh, Far Cry Blood Dragon. No. Oh, uh, Far Cry Blood Dragon. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. Fuck. Uh... Where you're the, is it like... Primal? A- Aloy? You're what? The girl Aloy? You remember with the bow? Oh, the uh, uh, Horizon. Yes, Horizon Zero. It's not a good name. Horizon Great Zero game, Dawn. not a good name. HZD. Yeah. As they, as the kids call it. Yes. Um, no one's ever called it that. Aloy's a metal. Her name is Aloy. Are you serious? Yeah, the character's name is Aloy. Well, time for the full confession. I've never played the game. It's a good game. HZD? Yeah. Does it have the best bow play in your opinion? It's I literally like the bow play in that time, game. Time uh, to go it's in. It's been pretty far removed. Maybe it'll me. sway my opinion. It's a good fucking game. I, there's a lot of good fucking games in the world. Tomb Raider is also pretty good. What, bow play? Yeah. Which one? The reboots. Yeah, I know, but which one? Like the most recent All one. All of them, though? The most recent one, even though I think that game on the whole is pretty forgettable. They made four of those. Three. Three of those? Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot of games. Is Tomb- that the final one? Yeah. 
Good. Uh, they might make another one. Who the fuck knows? Let it die. Let the past die. It's forgettable. Like, on the whole, like the story. <laughs> I keep saying on the whole. Preparation H feels great. I gotta, on the whole. I gotta really get into that. I think my niche of games are JRPGs, platformers, and then some other stuff in and between. Then bow that's and more arrows. Gra- yeah, it's a little bit more ambiguous and in the gray area. And some bow play. We need to get some, like, hot takes on this podcast because our tastes line up too much. You wanna know what game is great? Um, Shadowrun. For the Xbox. Yeah. The multiplayer one. You could be a dwarf. You could. You could be a, um, what was it? Uh, a Minotaur? Mm-hmm. Man? Can you? Uh, yeah. I, I don't remember. Could. I think they were called Trolls. Shadowrun races Xbox. You could be an elf. Yeah. That game's great. Do you, I think you, they had bows in that. Did you play the, like, top-down game that came out, like, a year or two ago? Um, no. It was the reboot of the classic yeah, Shadowrun, right? Yeah, I heard good things about it. I heard it was pretty good. Um, oh, yeah, they were Trolls. You were correct, sir. Um... I heard it was pretty good. Uh, am I rushing to play it now? Because there's a lot. And We got really sidetracked. I was talking about Destiny. I was talking about China. Yeah. Um, but um, tell me more about this Destiny. Okay, so... This fate. Basically, there's a lot of stuff going on. For one, the Shadowkeep story, people are raving about it. I've only just dipped my toe, so I can't really speak too much on that. How far did you dip it? Uh, I did a mission or two, mostly because I unlocked... Um, another thing I'm really enjoying is they apparently plan to do this now. For those of you that don't know, this is the first expansion developed out of the shadow of Activision. Uh, Bungie is independent now. They made this expansion on their own, with their own resources. And uh, they changed the structure of the game a lot. But one thing they said they wanted to do, and we're currently in Season 8. Seasons are like two months, I believe. Every two months. Um, Yeah, they said more story stuff's going to trickle out throughout the seasons. Them teasing a big reveal at the end of Season 11. Um, and also the seasons are going to have limited time game modes. So right now for season eight, there's a mode on the moon called the Vex Offensive, uh, that is essentially a wave-based horde mode, uh, for a four-player fire team. And I'm having a lot of fun with that. How much fun? Like a lot. Really? Like so much. Hmm. I like fun. I haven't gotten that far yet. I have I not even bought I got an exotic sparrow the other day. It was, go- what? I get a drop from a strike. Really? Yeah. What does it look like? Uh, it's red and gold. And in the description, it says something about the paint making it go faster. And it has a higher speed than normal sparrows. Wow. I was going to say, imagine if it just didn't. It should have just had a consistent... Actually, it should have had the lowest speed, but mm-hmm. just because it's red, make it go vroom vroom. And then I was playing with our friend Tom. I took off on my sparrow, and he was like, how is your sparrow that much faster than mine? It was faster, but not that much. He thought enter, holding down enter was the boost. That is the break. That it, Wow. That's pretty bad. Yeah. That's actually pretty bad. I would have I would have enjoyed the story more if he just didn't know how to boost. But it's funny how he's just He actively... thought he was boosting, but he was breaking. How would you not notice that? I don't know. How could you not notice that? I don't know. You're going at a snail's pace. I guess I think he's walking like... may I think, be faster. I think mine's busted. I think walking may be faster than that. Um, I've only played Forsaken so far. I had the opportunity to buy Shadowkeep. I bought Forsaken. Why'd you do that? Um, I heard the story was very good. And it was good to play, not to just watch or learn about. So I decided, hey, let me go play this. Because I did like the Taken King back in the day. And I should say, um, when others aren't on, uh, you can run all the old story stuff as legacy content. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the original Destiny 2 story, so I've kind of been rerunning all the story content. The the vanilla game. Yeah, the Red War is the original original, uh, campaign. So I'm going to get through the Forsaken stuff. I'm going to do all of it slow burn, but... What other people have been on, like our friend Tom got back into it too. He's been on and I've been, you know, running some shit with him. Oh, you like that trash? Mm-hmm. Um, I asked my brother what the story was in Destiny 2. He said, all you need to know is they took the light and you get it back. 
You're the only one who gets it back. Yeah. and um, In the beginning, at That least. was good for me. And then I jumped right into Forsaken. I'm trying to save Cade 6. Yes, that's what happens in Forsaken. He's dead. I was going to say, you don't succeed. I, I keep saying that, too. I always say, I'm go- trying to save Cade. And everyone that was, I know this always is, by the explains way, the conversation to me, Cade's dead. When I pointed out to Tom that he had not played Forsaken, and he didn't realize that he didn't own it. Uh, we were talking about it. He's like, yeah, no, I played Forsaken. He's like, so do we, where's Kate on the tower? I'm like, Kate's dead. He did Tom. not say it like yeah, that. He, he structured a sentence like that? Like, it was, he was looking for Kate because he remembered him being a vendor of something. He said he played Forsaken, though? Yeah. Well, he clearly did He not. thought he had. I don't even think he saw the trailer, then. He didn't own it. I don't even think, no, I'm saying, I don't even think he saw the trailer yeah, no, I don't for this what, game. I think he was mistaking it for the Tate. last bit of the season, original season pass. Where's Cade? I, I already played Forsaken, but where's Cade? That sounds like a troll that I would do. I've been saying it for maybe the past two weeks. I'm just, uh... Where's Nathan Fillion? Well, I keep yelling at my brother. I'm like, because he's saying, would you like to get Shadowkeep? And I said, well, no, I'm trying to save Cade here. You know, yeah, I Yeah, I'm can't. a little busy. I'm a little busy right now. And he was trying to inform you that we need your help on the moon. Yeah, well, every time he said, hey, let's go to the moon, baby. And I'm like, and I'm just saying, well, I can't. I gotta go save Cade. I still do like my favorite Destiny line to go back to every time... When we're in, like, a firefight and the wizards appear, I go, it's a wizard from the moon. It's a wiz- moon wizard. Um, but Forsaken's pretty good so far. I actually like the story a lot. Cool. Uh, this dude made a four-hour super cut of the entire Destiny story. Um, and we're going to play it for you right here. Yeah, and we're, do- we're doing a special edition of this podcast um, because we're going to play it right now. Called Fireteam Chat. It's literally four hours long. Um, and I do not have that for hours. Quite preposterous. I think... Let me see. Do you have to pay for it? No, never mind, never mind, never mind. Yeah, the complete story... I don't think you could get away with charging This is by a YouTuber. My name is Biff. He condenses years of lore into a four-hour video for Shadowkeep. So basically, this just explains everything up to Shadowkeep. Um, it's pretty incredible because... Because, goddamn, it starts from one all the way up to where you are right now. Um, it's quite beautiful. And I will say, um, I will not spoil it, and I have not even finished it myself yet, but I do know how Shadowkeep ends. How did you find that out? Uh, by looking it up. Why? Because I was reading articles about what are you why doing? the ending. I don't care that much. Who wrote about this? A lot of people. Why? Um, because the ending does get back to the darkness stuff from Destiny 1 that they kind of had not touched upon in Destiny 2 at all. I'm guessing they leave room open to... They very much set the stage more for big stuff happening. More big stuff? What's bigger than the moon? Oh, I can't tell you without spoiling it for you. It's what happens on the moon at the end. I see. Um, you find out that, you find the Statue of Liberty on the moon. You find out that Peter Dinklage was the ghost all along, and that he's been imprisoned on the moon. Oh, well, I actually heard something very... Uh, speaking of Cade, I actually heard something very interesting about Cade. I was talking about Peter Dinklage. No, 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 no. Speaking of Cade, did you know that Nathan Fillion in the Forsaken trailer, or just the Forsaken intro quest, he did not actually voice Cade. It was Nolan North. Really? Yeah. So Because Nathan Fillion didn't want to come back for it. So there was a lot of Nolan North just talking to himself? Presumably yeah. Nathan Fillion not wanting to come back is why they killed off Cade in that expansion. Well, he, um, he was replaced by Nolan North in the final cinematics that they have. Um... Just because Fillion was unavailable, quote unquote, mm-hmm. which to me always translates with "I don't want to be in your fucking game anymore." Or, I don't have time for it yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I'm in just... between a project right now. Yeah, um, Destiny wasn't exactly setting the world on fire at the time, so. Well, it's also he's a minor. Uh, he's Kate. So I I think it's so funny because maybe it was just because I didn't play Destiny two. Maybe he, he had a more being prominent role. In Halo 6. I didn't think Kate six was such a big deal. 
I just thought he was Cade Six. Yeah. You know, I didn't think he was one of like the the pillars of the tower. You know. Yeah, he's the the hunter class trainer. Yeah. Well, besides that. Yeah. It, it didn't really make an impact for me. You know, like yeah. uh. I don't think Destiny 1 left that impression with any character, and I think Destiny 2 tries to do a better job of setting out to be like, though these people matter. Yeah, it's because the characterization was so poor, and that's all I had to go on in yeah. Destiny 1. Um, it wasn't, say, like World of Warcraft, where you were a troll, and they're just sitting there, and they go, oh yeah, go to Zul'jin. He's no Zul'jin. Yeah, go to Zul'jin for a second, and you're sitting there saying, the Zul'jin? And you go, and he's just on a throne, and then you know, oh shit, it's Zul'jin. Here... In Destiny One, they were like, "Oh, you're a hunter. Go to go to Cade Six, and it's just this fucking robot that finger guns you with Nathan Fillion's bang, voice." Bang bang. Um, there is a scene in Destiny Two okay. where Cade Six uh, is talking about what we're gonna do to stop Gaul, and he's holding a chicken and petting it the whole time. So I do want to bring attention to that. I do want to put the spotlight on the character. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's pretty fun. Destiny's really cool. So if you haven't played it right now, honestly, I know we talked about it to death last time for literally 20 minutes. Um, and we did it again this time. Yeah, but it, it's pretty worth playing. Well, that because that's the main thing that we've been playing so far. It's actually yes. a pretty good game. Um, Shadowkeep, I'm actually... I want to wait until I inform myself a little bit more, but I was talking to you about it earlier. I actually want to see... I want to do some research into what was so different from Bungie's departure from Activision. Yes. Um, and how did that impact the game? In any way. Uh, Because from what I understand, they just added in a store for microtransactions. Um, They added in some DLC here and there. Yeah. And Shadowkeep is just a little light. And it was my understanding that uh, there were some constraints on the content drip and, like, what they were supposed to be putting out and the sort of packages they were supposed to be putting it out in and whether or not billing them as a new game. Because I don't think at this point we'll see something called Destiny 3. I yeah, yeah, we Destiny's talking about that last time. More yeah. Of a platform. Yeah. Um, but that's besides the point. Uh, have you been playing anything else this week? Um, no, but I watched Ukulele and the Impossible Lair, and I really want to play it, but I don't want to spend money right now. I kind of get that. Uh, we're I'm about to go on a vacation pretty soon. I'm trying to spend same less money. Same same Yeah, we're literally we're missing each other place. by 24 hours. I'm I'm pretty upset about that, but it's from my own device and my own doing. I wish it. Uh, well, it's my. I never told anybody. Yeah. And I never communicated it. It's fine. I, I mean, um, you live in the New Learn. Um, I'm going to uh, Mickey's very merry celebration. And I'll be leaving when you arrive. From Mickey's thrall. I see. Well then, did we you might, know that in Tron... We might run to each other at the airport. Did you know that in Tron there's a scene on the grid where Mickey's, like, face is outlined in the background? That's, no, but that's not surprising. I mean, it's gigantic. It's a, it's a I, hidden, I can't believe it's a it. Hidden Mickey. I, I I wouldn't even say this is hidden. hidden I've watched Tron maybe like two Mickey. or three times, and I've never seen it. I never even paid attention to it. Now I can't unsee it. Um, um, but Ukulele came out. If you are even remotely nostalgic for Donkey Kong Country, and I'm not talking about Donkey Kong Country Returns, that was actually a very distinct point that other players have made. Um, this is the game for you, and I'm literally chomping at the bit not to buy it just yet because I want to kind of finish Dragon Quest and some others, but I am so Dragon down with Quest, this. Baby. I am so down with this game. I've it looks seen, so good. I've tried not to spoil myself too much. I, I have admittingly peaked at Twitch to go watch it. Yeah. Um, But I don't want to spoil myself. I very much like having a full... As many people do. It's like seeing a movie. You want to have the full experience of it. You don't want too much spoiled for you. Um, I do know some streamer beat the actual Impossible Layer pretty fast. I figured. Just from the, from the get-go? Yeah. Like, they started the game, they go yeah. to the Impossible... Yeah, I figured that would happen. But... Um, 
Because at the end of the day, it's a kid's game. So, you know, they don't got to make it too impossible. Um, I'm a kid at heart. I love it because a lot of people do not like it right now. I keep saying a lot of people. There are some people who just don't like it right now because it's too hard. I love that about this. I can't wait. I'm so down with that. Um, nothing attracts me more than a game being difficult. Uh, and shout out to Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze because everybody was saying that... Tropical Donkey. Not everybody. I, I have to get rid of that verbicue. People were saying that it was very hard and it was stupid, but I played it and I thought it was a gem. So we'll see. Cool. Yeah. Um, what else I, are you playing? i still playing Neocab. Mm-hmm. Still very much like that game. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about Indivisible, uh, which is coming out from uh, the Skullgirls developers. Uh, I've heard of this. It's out now. It. I demoed it a few times at events and did some coverage on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't start it up yet, but it is one worth talking about because it still very much holds my interest. Uh, it's all hand-drawn art mm-hmm. in that anime Skullgirl style. Um, when you're out in the world in this game, mm-hmm. it's a Metroidvania you're getting new abilities for the main character, Anja, to kind of progress through these dungeons, progress through this world. Um, and then it's turn-based combat uh, that, like, its main gimmick is uh, there's a lot of characters. Mm-hmm. Like... Like Suikoden a lot, or...? A nice middle ground. Not quite, like, 200, <laughs> but a fucking lot. Yeah. Um, and the main gimmick of it is each character is assigned to a face button. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, by hitting the face button, you make them act. You can do this to... It's turn-based, but you can actively guard against attacks you're being hit with. You can jump to dodge them. Uh, you can do combos to sort of juggle people. Like, it's a fighting game marred with a turn-based game, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. It does. Um, and, for example, the, the boss I fought at the demo event at PAX East last year... Or that would be this year. I'm losing my mind. It would be this year. Five Earl- years earlier, ago. Earlier this year. Um... The entire conceit of the boss was he was playing, like, this big organ. Mm. Uh, so his attacks came in a certain rhythm. So if you memorize the rhythm of the song he was playing, you could know when an attack would hit which party member and dodge actively. Like, and apparently the devs were explaining to me there, each boss fight is kind of built around a different conceit like that. So mm. you, you can learn the conceit and then try and uh, exploit it to get the most effective combos and stuff. It's The art looks great. Uh, Metroidvanias are good. The combat feels fresh and different. Uh, and hopefully the slew of different characters will continue to keep it fresh because I'm sure it's a pretty long game. Yeah, I, I, I've read that this game has been in development for so many years. Um, I love games that have this art style. And I mean by art style, I mean... Um, hand-drawn. Hand-drawn, yeah. Uh, and that takes a lot of work. Uh, I, I'm always reminded of um, Tom Fault from Castle Crashers and the Behemoth. Mm-hmm. That took so long for them to come out with just because it was hand-drawn. I have such an appreciation for that, of the tenacity and work ethic that people have for that. And to give uh, an idea of how many characters there are, I know Mike Mahardy was talking about playing it, and he said he was five hours in and already had eight party members. Mm-hmm. Uh, five hours in an RPG like this is fucking nothing. Yeah, so. I mean, that's like a drop in the bucket. You're considering other games like, say, Dragon Quest Seven. It's like nothing. Also, all the characters live in the main character's head. Really? Like, I don't know what... How the, does that work? I don't know what the narrative conceit is, but I know you can go in there, like, her head's like a Pokeball, and they live inside. Uh, oh, but they're real. They're real. Okay. Uh, so do the shopkeepers, and apparently the shopkeepers are some of the best writing in that game. Better than the messenger? I don't know, but I, I immediately know. think of the messenger when I hear that. I don't know about that. Messenger is pretty damn good. I didn't think... It, I didn't know it was that getting such buzz. I yeah, didn't know baby. about that. Yeah, baby. Uh, it's uh, 40 bucks on sale for 35 on Steam right now. Pretty cool. Check it out if you uh, if any of that sounds appealing to you. I mean, 
I would I would even recommend look up a Twitch stream and just check it out. Yeah, give it a give it a gander. Give it a gander. So many ways to really test the waters on if a game's going to be for us before we even play it. There was so much. There are so much RPGs that are coming out now. We're living in the land of RPGs. Um, living in the land of RPGs. And it has turn-based elements, Metroidvania elements. This guy's got it all. Scratches the itch. Scratches that itch. Not bad. Uh, unless you've been playing anything else, I can jump right into the release radar. Give me that release radar. I don't really have anything what else. What is coming to consoles and PC this week? This is the week of me not putting the correct dates up. Yay. Uh, Let's I just read them off. Yeah, I'll read them off. Uh, Children of Mordor comes to PS4 and Xbox One on October 15th. DayZ launches retail for PS4 and Xbox One on October 15th. Disco Elysium comes to PC October 15th. Outer Wilds makes its way to PS4 on October 15th. That's one to watch if you haven't played it yet. Fantastic game. Uh, Overwatch Legendary Edition comes to Switch on October 15th. The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt Complete Edition comes to Switch on October 15th. Zombieland Double Tap Road Trip comes now to we're talking. PC, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, October 15th. Let's talk about this for one sure. moment. Zombieland? This game is going to be shit. Yes. However, I'm excited for the film. I want to call attention to it because I think that there's a special place in my heart for movie tie-in games. For movie tie-in games, and I'm glad to see that they're still alive and well. Hardly, but they they're floating around out they there. They are No, but this one honestly, it looks like one of those classic like movie tie-in games that you've seen era. like a decade ago. Absolutely. Um for any of you who are even bothering to wonder, look up like a screenshot image of this actually looks oh like a game that came out a decade ago. How is this not on phones? That That's what I... Okay, so that's what I mean. They literally even got it right down to the movie still crop cutouts of yeah. your character. Look I at even Woody Harrelson. I even see some white. Look at Jesse Eisenberg's actual portrait. You could actually see white on the outline. Oh, yeah, I, I, even from here, we don't have it fully pulled up, but this... <sighs> But you could even see Look that. Look this up, people. This That's is special. Good. That's really... It's special stuff. That's quite special. So, definitely give that a gander. Yeah. Because it, uh, it's pretty fun. October fucked. 15th. It's close, folks. Um, <laughs> it's coming. Columns 2 comes to Switch on October 17th. The Fisherman Fishing Planet comes to PC, PS4, and Xbox One October 17th. Ichidan R comes to Switch October 17th. Kine comes to P- PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch October 17th. Monkey King Hero is Back comes to PC and PS4 October 17th. Stranded Sailors Explorers of the Cursed Islands comes to PS4, Xbox One, and Switch October 17th. Travis Strikes Again No More Heroes Complete Edition comes to PC and PS4 October 17th. Another great recommend if you didn't have a Switch to play it the first time. Uh, Apex Legends Bloodhound Edition comes to PC, PS4, and Xbox One October 18th. Apex Legends Lifeline Edition comes to PC, PS4, and Xbox One October 18th. These are the um, sort of retail ones they're putting out for this game. And what, they give you bonuses and they things? They come with I'm bonuses assuming. for the specific character in the edition. Yeah. Like, you're, you're paying for that. It's a free-to-play game. So. Okay. Um, Ice Age Scratch Nutty Adventure comes to PC, PS4, Xbox One, Switch on October 18th. Yep, let's Eric, talk about this. what year is it? Let's talk, let's talk about this game really quick. And I knew you I knew. I knew you knew. I knew you knew that I was going to talk about this. We have not one, but two movie tying games that are coming out. And not only that, it's going to be the game of the year featuring Scratch Nutty Adventure. Holy shit. Did you ever read the Ice Age theories that Scrat is God? <laughs> yes. I, you sent me... Wasn't it like fanfic? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Have we talked about this before? You know what, too? I gotta give this game props 
for existing. It, because it actually looks like they tried. It actually looks like they genuinely tried. I never want to shit on somebody's work. Somebody out there working hard to put this game Look, out. I actually and build visited, a portfolio, man. When I was in when I was in college, I actually visited. Um, it was for a computer science class. Several game studios at the time that were responsible for. One of them was responsible for Daredevil Game Boy Advance. Like I don't, I'm not too sure for it. Um, another one was responsible for like Bratz High School or something. Sure. And you know, I, I, as a ignorant as an ignorant college guy, I was always thinking, who the fuck would spend time making these games? People who um, want to be able to. They just want to get paid. You get, basically it comes down to you've got to make those games so the studio will let you make the games you want to make. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, we we spoke to some devs and designers, and I mean they flat out. You know, made jokes about it and said, would you like to know how we built the luxurious Bratz high school adventure games? Um, and that's true. You know, maybe Scrat, Scrat today, uh, Destiny tomorrow. It, Who knows? It comes down to the, like, if we don't make Barbie's horse adventure and just rake in dough from that mindlessly being sold, no studio is going to take a risk and let us make the next God of War. Yeah. And you know what? These games do, oddly enough, sell. Yeah, kids there's, there's do a like market. Them. Um, Scrat, I never got. <laughs> Fuck Scrat. You know Whoa, what? I, no, you know God. what? I'm gonna, no, 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 no. I'm gonna come out and say it. I've never once seen the Ice Age movies and said to myself, "Wow, I just love Scrat. He's such a little scamp, and he's getting into such funny events." You're more Fuck of a uh, mammoth voiced by Ray Romano guy. I adore. Uh, what's his name? I don't know what his name is. <laughs> I know Sid the Sloth. No, it's not Sid. No, Sid's the Sloth. It's Manny. 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 I adore Manny because Manny was the um the sensible one. And he's voiced by Ray Romano when he goes, "Ah, oh, you think I'm big? I got a brother. He's huge." It's it's absolutely. You have a, such a cavalcade of characters. Deborah. And then you have um. Who voices the saber toothed tiger? What? I'm not kidding. I think it was Bradley Cooper. It definitely is. I'm not kidding. Um, Cooper, Ice Age. It's not Bradley Cooper. Okay. It, it's not. Who voiced the Sabretooth in Ice Age? It's a big actor, I can assure you that. It said Ray Romano for a second. It I said absolutely not. Ray Romano actually It was Dennis Leary who Dennis? voiced oh, okay. Diego. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I wish it was just all Ray Romano. Like an Eddie Murphy yeah. film where he's just everybody. It's Ray Romano in Ice Age 7. I'm just voicing everybody at this point. Sure. Ray Romano's the only one we can get back. John Lugisimo voiced Sid. Leguizamo? Leguizamo. Welcome to the Gecko's okay. Game Cast. This is the number one Ice Age Games cast. Mega Aquarium comes to PS4, Xbox One, and Switch on October 18th. Pig Eat Ball comes to PS4, Xbox One, and Switch on October 18th. Raging Loop comes to PS4, Switch in Europe on October 18th. The Ring Kong Accessory and Ring Fit Adventure come to Switch on October 18th. You think anybody ever went up to John and just said, I loved you as Sid? No. Like an adult. Because I... He was at Comic-Con a few years ago. I was actually wondering if somebody just went up to him and said, I actually loved, loved your you role as in Sid Ice Age. In Ice Ages 1 through 9. I mean, I'm sure he'd be very appreciative of it, but in the back like, of his head, he'd probably you. think, I don't know how I'm still getting work. <laughs> he has a uh, he had a play the last time I saw an advertisement with him. I mean, he was in Spawn. This guy's yeah. This guy's like filmography is not a, a small time actor. He was in Mario Brothers. I remember that yeah. actually. He was in um, Who Could Forget 
The Pest. With an 8% on Rotten Tomato, who can forget his breakout role as a fast-talking Latino con artist? <laughs> I loved him in John Wick. He was the car guy. You know, John Wick, um, Hex is out. Ah, that is a game. It's I... supposed to be like XCOM, right? Is it? It's top-down tactical, but like hotline it, it parries more to like super hot. Ah. The idea is uh, when you're moving, the only time enemies are moving mm-hmm. is when you're moving. But uh, the problem that sucks, and it sucks because Superhot did it so well, uh, when you're watching it play back at full speed at the end, it looks pretty janky, mm-hmm. is my understanding. Oh, it, it's not too... Yeah. Not too Whereas I feel like Superhot kind of nailed that. Well, these guys, I know the developers have been working on this for quite a while. They did not get Keanu to do the voice. No. But the, I don't... Does he talk? Probably not much. Um, but this is by uh, Mike Bethel from Bethel Games. I hope I got his name right. Bethel. Welcome to the Gecko's Games Game Cast. Um, yeah, but apparently it's very good. Or at least it's decent. Yeah, it's not the best I heard game. it's alright. It's I'm $20. Sure, I'm, it's I'm sure the they can store. iron it out. Yeah. It's an interesting... Br- super hot really... Super hot. Hot. Super hot really came out. I gotta tell a you. fucking great game. Super hot VR is my jam. Oh, that that is one of the best games, legitimately. I'm not even exaggerating. That is one of the best games I've ever played. You know why I love the VR version especially? Because one of my favorite things to do that you can't even do in normal Super Hot is you could just take your hands and grab somebody's head and essentially pull their head down to knee them. It's amazing. I think that if anybody ever asked me, hey, what is a game to pr- for for you to prove to somebody that VR is fucking amazing? I think Super Hot and Beat Saber are That's the it. first things I That's would show it. them. Su- exactly. Precisely. Super Hot, Beat Saber. I would show them those... And then, um, what was the other one? Robo? Oh, Astrobot. Yeah. And then yeah. I would show them for the fun ones, Astrobot. And then in terms of a full retail experience feeling like it works in VR, Resident Evil 7 would be my go-to to show off. Yeah. Um, I think that for VR, a good 15% of it is fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. And the other 85% of it, work in progress. But, yeah. And I think we mentioned this last Fantastic. episode, but I think we both kind of agreed. And I said, once the holidays are over, I think I might pony up and get an, an Oculus Quest. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? Now they're making um. What do they do at the Oculus conference? They we talked about yeah, it once we, on this we, we cast. How this. you can plug it into your computer? Yeah, they're they're releasing that cable. Yeah, I mean, like, why not? Once that, that does happen, I may look for bundles and pick it up. Yeah, I think that, um, that'll be the time because I think it's a fantastic device. I but, really do. Or just a second implementation of it. We sidetrack ourselves enough. Let's move right into John McCax. Look out for it. Look out for John McCax. Uh, new uh, races are coming to WoW in its next patch. Holy shit! You seen these fellas? I have. Uh, they're allied races, which means you do have to do a little grinding to unlock them. But the Volpera are joining the <laughs> horde. These little fox fellas. They look like the Ratchet. What, what could go on? What can go? This looks like Sly Cooper. Uh, and Mecha Gnomes are coming to the Alliance. This gnomes is gone so and turned funny. themselves into cyborgs. I love how they call themselves Mecha Gnomes. It's pretty cool. The Volpera actually look like a class that belong to the Alliance. Yeah, kind they of. They look pretty friendly. They're like little furry goblins. And the mechanomes should have went to the horde. But they already have goblins, you know and those cool? are kind of like um, the mechanomes anyways. Yeah, the, and you uh, want to know who else is the mechanomes of the alliance? The gnomes. Yeah. So. The uh, the class mount, the race mount, rather, for the Volpera is like a little hyena. Which I think is funny. I think Blizzard is creatively bankrupt for this game. I think so, too. Um, Let's talk about Blizzard and how they suck. No, I don't want to talk about how they suck. I want to... Because you know what? I think it's very easy... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go the opposite direction for this one. Sure. I think it's very easy 
to say and jump on the bandwagon to say that Blizzard fucking blows. But let's not forget, five to ten years ago, these guys were like the Messiahs. Yeah. And I know the Messiahs can fall. Icarus fell. It's about falling from grace. That's he, what I'm talking about. They flew about. too close to and the, sun, the to red just... sun of China. I get it. I'm not just here to take a big dump on the company. I'm saying... Uh, I am. <laughs> I'm saying mistakes were clearly made. and uh... So let's talk about this whole Blizzard thing. Um, if you don't know, uh, professional Hearthstone player uh, Blitzchung, a Chinese caster, uh, was banned from the Grandmasters. Um, originally what had happened was basically during a broadcast, uh, he called for Hong Kong's independence. Uh, Blizzard removed him from the tournament. Uh, they put a year-long ban on him initially and revoked his prize money, which, to be fair, well within their rights to do with the contract he signed. Uh, since then, there's been public outcry about what they have done. They cut the ban in half, and they reissued his prize money. Uh, long live Glory's leader. May the sun never set on his reign. And why? I'm just going to call him Y, just out of respect, because I can't. I, I don't know how to pronounce his name. It's Y Chung. What's NG? Like when uh, you pronounce NG? I don't know. I'm going to respect this. But Y Chung yeah. um, for Blitz Please Chung. forgive us. You know what? I think that it's so funny how companies of this caliber make such gigantic PR mistakes like this and cannot just forecast what the this is gonna look bad what the fallout is gonna look like and um, i get it the chinese market's big you gotta make your money and the president of blizzard at the time or now the president of blizzard jay allen brack um he acknowledged that it was a mistake in his uh statement and that they were quick to jump the gun i genuinely believe that regardless if they jumped the gun or not they would have done the same thing i still think they would have taken away the money and I still think that they would have fired the casters. I don't think that would have influenced their decision any less. No, I, yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, I think they were well within their right to do it, but not paying him was the fuck up. And I think firing the casters was the fuck up. And the main thing for me is to talk about, well, they're well within their rights to do it. There's a difference between what's right and what's just. Tell me more about morals. Uh... These sound yeah. like morals to me. I, they Tell are morals, these and I don't want to, like, fucking overwhelm it, but, like... No, you're right. Blizzard is a company that, as you said, five to ten years ago, was the messiah, and I feel like a lot of it's looking down the scope of Big Brother Activision, and it serves as a friendly reminder to everyone, the corporation is not your friend. Never. Not even Nintendo. If they don't value what you believe you strongly stand for, vote with your wallet. That's really all you can do. And that's what the community actually has done. And I give them a lot of props. And it shed light into two... And I was playing WoW Classic. I did cancel my subscription. You did? Yes. I was not playing WoW Classic. I still have... I'm going to admit, I still have the Blizzard launcher. I still have Battle.net. I didn't uninstall I'm it. I'm not giving them plays. I'm I not purchasing I'm not anything. playing the games, but like I just can't be bothered to uninstall it, if that makes it, sense. It's just not like... I'm going to be quite honest with you. Yeah, I'm lazy. I'm not doing it out of protest because I, I don't think that I'm impacting anything i'm actually just in stasis I'm yeah, not i don't think uninstalling it's gonna affect it i no. stopped giving them money and i had been giving them money yeah that's the impact i can yeah make. if you want to make an impact don't delete your installer just unsub stop playing the games if you really want to because that will impact their usage and activity numbers um and that will also impact their advertising marketing so on so on um i think that they're fucking dumb yeah and that's fine and I think it was even... They're allowed to be. And that's fine. But yes, corporations are not your friends. They clearly had outside influence from 
their shareholders that primarily originate in China. Um, even the Hearthstone, didn't the Hearthstone Twitter also, there was that evidence of the Hearthstone Twitter um, saying something along the lines of, you know, that they stand by their violate their ban yes. and that... Um, also, um, we're noting a lot of uh, other players have dropped out of the tournament since. They have and other casters have as well, um, which I think is very cool of them. I think it's very noble it's cool to just the, leave your job. of the community to band together and say, hey, we don't feel what you did was right and we're going to have each other's backs on this. Yeah, and I like it because it does two things. Number one, it sheds light into Blizzard's practices or just any... If anything, these always set precedents for other corporations as well to live by a standard. It is the easiest PR grab to make at this point. Like, say Epic Games, I believe it's Tim Sweeney who mm. from Epic Games came out literally a day later and said, oh, well, us at Epic, here at Epic Games, we're never going to, you know, succumb to the majority was, shareholders. Um, a, a really, Such bullshit. A really good meme I saw about that. Well, they specifically said, we will never silence you for your political beliefs or anything like that. And somebody put that, like, caption with under it, the shot from Wreck-It Ralph, like, thanks, Satan. Yeah, um, and it's, it's precisely. And I'm saying, I'm not saying it's bullshit because I don't believe it. I'm saying it's bullshit because from a business standpoint, that is one of the easiest PR, it's a PR grabs grab, that anybody yeah. could ever it's make. It's low-hanging and, fruit. And, I mean, that's fine. I mean, eat the fruit. You do, it, it does make an impact. Community members will say, wow, Epic Games, you're all right. You guys are great. Thanks, no. Satan. I got, yeah. Don't, for anybody who, you know, may, drink yes, the I give it a nod, but I'm not going to think, wow, I should give Epic Games my money solely now. Fuck all the rest. These yeah. guys know what they're doing. It is the easiest PR grab in the history of anything. It's borderline distasteful in a sense, yeah, honestly. Yeah, he, here's a nice little manipulation tactic for business that's low-hanging fruit. As Rich was saying, somebody does something bad that is your competitor, you immediately well, come out and say, we'll never do that. This it's also easy. reminds me of when that E3 document uh, that we talked about a few weeks ago leaked about what... And some of the verbiage they used in that design doc was talking about getting involved with uh, social, like, you know sources and stuff basically saying how the current generation is the most socially active and like political justice and all this mm -hmm. so they literally talked about banking goodwill the terminology they used for when a pr nightmare happens so they could go hey remember when we did this it's true um one of my favorite moments at e3 was a pr moment that was masterfully done at such a quick pace by sony and that was when microsoft had announced the game sharing or the game locking oh, from sharing yes. discs. I remember this video. And then Sony immediately came out and said, we're not going to lock your discs. And they released a you tutorial video. You buy the game, you video. share it with everyone. They released a tutorial video on how to share games on PS4. It was genius. It where, was that yeah. low-hanging fruit was masterfully I, done. I won't even say how that video goes, but look it up. It is, it, it's, it's hilarious. You want to talk about some classy ways to get low-hanging fruit? There you go. But just coming out and doing PR grabs like that, frankly, ignore them. They're all full of shit. Um... They're just trying to do business, and I understand that. I do like this, though, because it does, number one, shed light on those light on those kinds of practices. And number two, it actually did shed, shed light on the uh, protests in Hong Kong. Yes. And it I noticed... talking. Oh, this has had an this, absolute spike and the, in the amount of discussions that have been going on about This Hong and Kong. the similar controversy with uh, South Park, which was banned in China for last week's episode. Which is fine. Um, which now protesters are actually screening on projectors in the streets in Hong Kong. Hilarious. In protest. Um, but you have influencers like Greg Miller and others who are now talking openly, about this. Yeah, just talking about People it. People who have a huge voice in the industry. Yep, which is fantastic. Um, employees staged a walkout. Yeah, and I have thoughts about walkouts like these. I don't know like what these. the scale of it was. I can't really speak to that. You can tell that Blizzard employees are clearly disgruntled. They blocked. I remember the um. It. I believe their statue where it's like value voices or something like that. Um, 
for those that don't know, in the Blizzard campus, there's a st- large statue of an orc in the courtyard. Um, I know one of the the sayings they covered Plax. was "Think globally." Uh, and they blocked it. Plaques, right? yeah, that are Blizzard sayings, and basically them saying, "You're covering up." what you claim to be the company's values, so we're going to literally cover them up. Yeah. Um, I have thoughts about companies that do quote-unquote walkout protests like that and all they do is take a really long lunch. Um, but regardless, it makes a statement. I it's happening it. and we're it's talking happening. about it. It's happening. It's being talked about. It's getting publicity. That's what matters. Um, I'm pretty much in that corner and I think it's a great thing. That being said... I mean, Blizzard's going to come back. People are going to resub afterwards, but it does make an impact. When you do make a choice to vote for your wallet, you should stand by your choices. People do. Let it simmer. It always gets really white hot, dies down, and then people who deleted it magically have it back up. 100%. Um, I do recommend that if you really do want to support, do not end up resubbing to those kinds of things if you really want to make a statement. Mm -hmm. Uh, And until Blizzard does come out... With a genuine I mean, response. There has been a statement that we, like we talked about. It's, just been, come back and... it's been pretty light. It is. And uh, frankly, I think that's the best you're going to get. Yeah. You're not going to get anything else. At least for a while. No matter what Brack could have released, it would have been anything They're just going to wait for it to blow over. Yeah. So, uh, that's the that's the blizzy, that's the blizzy news. I think it sucks. Said, yeah. Let's talk about happier news. We at the Gecko Cast value money over freedom. <laughs> We also value your money over the freedom. We did want to write that. That's in the show notes. No, it's not. Oh, I didn't write that. What is old? I didn't even see this. Cash are still banned. China is wonderful. Praise most glorious leader. Wow. Well, I, did, I clearly didn't attend the meeting before this. Yeah, you should really review your notes before we record. I really didn't come into here. Um, I backpedal on all of what I just said. I love China. Um, and you should resub immediately. Immediately. Please. Um, you want to talk about the PlayStation 5? I do, because, of course. So, okay, before I get really into what happened here, Wired put out an article detailing, they spoke with Mark Cerny Mm -hmm. about what the PlayStation 5 is going to be. This is so fucking weird. This is how we used to find out about consoles. Like, this is how we found out about, like, the PS2. Okay. It's so weird that this wasn't done on a stage, and I'm so okay with it. I agree. Um, so what happened was, Mark Cerny did a uh, hands-on with Wired... Talk about the PlayStation 5, and here's what we got out of that. Uh, it is called the PlayStation 5. It will be out in uh, holiday 2020. They're really toting this SSD. Uh, Cerny's quote is saying, it has a raw bandwidth higher than any solid-state hard drive available for PCs. I love when people say that. I love when devs say this. We shall see. I love when everybody says this. Um, formatting, they're not ditching physical media. The console's going to use 100 gigabyte 4K Blu-ray media discs. Uh, it's going to support 8K gaming. It's going to support uh, ray tracing on the console level. Like, you know, that's a big deal. Ray tracing looks awesome. Uh, the controller that Wired uh, said is very similar to the PS4 controller, but it features triggers with adjustable tension. Interesting. Um, so basically, like, you can adjust it to what's comfortable for you to feel a little bit more pushback. Um, they're also ditching the rumble motors um, for the DualShocks in favor of haptic feedback. Interesting. Um, Which is more... That's along the lines of, like, that HD rumble shit. Um, Basically, them saying, like, the degree of vibration, like, you'll be able to feel the difference between the vibration of, like, falling into a pool as opposed to, like, being hit by a car. (laughs) Those are the examples I've chosen to give you. Fun. I like that. Um, I think it's a no-brainer, first of all, that you know, it's coming out. Of course. Because you got to compete. I'm pretty hyped for it. 
Uh, I'm a little, a little. I don't believe that it has a raw bandwidth higher than a SSD available for PPCs. Nor do I. But that's what Cerny said. But listen, I. Are you calling Mark Cerny a liar? I'm looking forward to Microsoft announcing that they now have 12K gaming for their new yeah. Xbox, and then I'm also interested in PlayStation firing back and saying that they have 16K. 16K. We have the most Ks. Um, and then eventually it's just gonna be. The best graphics anybody's ever seen. And then it cuts to... It's going to be a video recording, almost like Saturday Night Live, of just people doing skits on game discs, and they're going to say it's the most realistic graphics you've And then it seen. cuts to Master Chief, and he's got an Xbox with an explosives rig to it, and Mark Cerny's like, Chief, what are you doing? And he goes, giving the Covenant back their bomb. <laughs> he just launches it at Sony headquarters. I'm really hyped about this, though, just because the it's in, it's always insane how the next generation of consoles comes creeping up, and you think to yourself, wow, what, has it really been that long of a time? It has. It's been about seven years. Um, that's pretty wild. And the PS4 and the Xbox One have had a hell of a life cycle. Um, it also feels weirder because now we're at that point where Nintendo has fallen out of step. Yeah. Like, they're on their own cycle at this point. Nintendo has always been on their own cycle. Always. It, mm-hmm. Just because they've had their own priorities and they've had their own standards as to what they think should be the right direction for the company. And also and the, the Wii U being a um, logistical failure changed the trajectory that they to do. But it also morphed into a commercial success yeah. with the Switch. Um, I think it was very interesting, though. I want to wait to see more. This, this is always very nice to hear. Obviously. It looks good on paper, as with everything. Everything looks good on paper. I need to see evidence of it. The tech demo that they had given months prior with uh, Spider-Man between the PS4 and the PS5 to be SSD, yeah. that's very encouraging. Rumblings are and You got some rumblies. Um, it's very encouraging. I'm pretty hyped to see it. I don't even think I need 8K. I gotta be honest with you. No, I don't. I just, how, how much K I, can I, you go? I, t- I only just got a 4K TV. How much K is okay? Because uh, special K. That's a lot. Honeybunch giving the covenant back their case. I like that. Um, 4K is enough. Yeah, it's I good. feel like if you throw around to 8K, you're just saying it to say it. Yeah, it's good. I quite literally think that businesses just say, you know what, 4K, we'll give you six. 4K. Yeah. What? 4K Maria. I see. Um, this also reminded me of another story that I forgot to write about too that came out this week. Do tell. Um, it was about the Google Stadia. Okay. If you had heard about this, so. That thing I've already stopped believing in? Google's uh, VP of Engineering um, actually stated in an interview with Edge Magazine that the latency of the Google Stadia is being worked on to be reduced on the actual Stadia controller because it's wireless. So they're actually trying to reduce the overall latency between button commands being communicated to the actual system. Yeah. There's a lot by to factor in with the way Stadia works. predicting the button press. I don't like through that. Through predictive analysis. So they're basically trying to predict what your button press would be while you're playing a game and then reduce the latency by pressing it for you. That's insane. Um, and that sounds like literal fucking pseudoscience. Yeah. And I did he, not hear about the story. That's interesting. He did say, and this is a quote from a Forbes article, actually, uh, written by Paul Tassi. He said, ultimately, we think in a year or two we'll have games that are running faster and feel more responsive in the cloud than they do locally, regardless of how powerful the local machine is. That is extremely optimistic. Um, when your plan is, I'm going to make a robot that thinks faster than you. Also, I don't think I want that. Nor do I. Um... And I don't think this is one of those 
Uh, crotchety, these are my views on games. I don't think I want a game predicting what I'm going to do. That's the thing, is technology like that, how far along is it before, like, it's like, am I even playing the game? You know what I mean? What, exactly. Precisely. At what point are you then playing your game? Um, we already have games right now that don't require much effort mm-hmm. and are just an experience on their own. I can't even imagine now. Imagine you have a game that's kind of like a walking simulator, but walking? also... Shout out to Alex. Um, you have a walking simulator game, and all of a sudden then, the controller has predictive analysis to just press the one button no, that you I'm have to walk. fucking press. So, if you have to press A to investigate something... It's just going to do it for you, and then you'll sit there. And you'll I probably would just, just try like, yeah. and break the game's algorithm by consistently doing the wrong thing. Well, that's that's also what I'm thinking of, too. I think that, funny enough, it's probably not exactly, oh, we're going to press the button for you. It's just more so a program or something in the architecture that will reduce the latency by trying to predict what you're going to press, so that by when you do like, press it... It's already halfway It's very quick. And it's much faster. Yeah, yeah. but... How does it work if, yeah, you're going to be pressing the wrong button or a different... Or what is the wrong button? What if you just press a different button? I, I don't know how that works. Uh, yeah, I don't does know. Does that impact the latency overall? Predictive what happens when you don't do that? It's, it's weird when it's for a controller. Yeah. Um, it's weird when you're I think for a lot of other things, it's very powerful. <laughs> predict what a human's going to do. Yeah. Um, Which I wish my car would do. But this is still... This isn't even impressive to me enough to justify buying this isn't the information i want to hear about anyways no i don't give a shit about it's less than about like it being impressive and it's more like terminator future scary well not even that it's just when you think about what is going to get you what is going to get you to buy the stadia honestly what is going to get you to buy the stadia sony and microsoft go bankrupt what about predictive analysis no that's the problem it it's cool technology, but how about we talk more about the streaming services and how the data caps are going to work and how much data you're going to be streaming at. Is it going to be clear? Is it going to be blurry? Is there going to be a chance for things not to run 100%? Because there obviously will be. Um, I just think there's a lot more to ask. Totally. That isn't (laughs) what they're talking about. Leaving a whole lot of questions that don't need to be answered. But what about but what about the controllers? Leaving a whole lot of questions that don't need to be answered. That was Billy and Mandy was an excellent, excellent show. It's quality. Um I don't understand how this is gonna work with different ISPs. How are other service providers gonna it, go with this? How are you gonna integrate this AI technology or whatever? It how is? are you gonna possibly increase the caps of your data streaming or even bottleneck it? And just set it That's, up. system value. And again, the problem what with happens? Stadia is less the architecture of the technology they're working with and the architecture of just internet throughout not only our country, but throughout the world. It's only because with companies, with big Silicon Valley companies like Google, um, it's not so uncommon for that, for companies like this to just try something. Yeah. And then maybe it fails and you're done. They can afford to take the risk. Well, yeah, look at Valve. Um Valve also, perfect example. They just make things sometimes. Like the Valve Not Index. Games. No. They make the Valve Index. We're done. Yeah. We're done with games now. Um, they kind of just keep... Well, because it's the way that they're structured. You yeah, just no, work no, on I... what you want to work on. And nobody wants offices, to work on games. The Valve, the Valve offices were robbed. Did you hear about that? Were they? Yes, they were broken into. When? At least uh, very recently. I should have put it in the news. Tell me about they it. They stole some stuff from Gaben. 
What? Yeah. You can't steal from Gabe. They broke into Gabe's office. Gabe steals from you. He does. He he wants you to line his pockets. A man broke into Valve. This is from PC Games. Yes. Um, a man broke into Valve four times, stole equipment and games, and then sold them at GameStop. <laughs> what? Of all the places he could... He's, like, who's the real criminal here? GameStop. He stole $40,000 worth of stolen equipment and games. This is an article written by Dustin Bailey on PC Games. And his fence was at GameStop. What'd he get? Four bucks for it all? Uh, no, well, he got... If he had gotten in-store credit, it would have been 20 Wow. And that's only if you're an elite member. Yeah. Wow. That's some good stuff. That is insane. Yeah. You can't just steal from Gabe. I imagine Gabe just sits there, and he just says... If you steal from me, I'm going to steal from you. And the only thing I'm going to steal is your life. And he just pumps a shotgun and he goes out and he gets a crowbar. That's insane. Jeez. Yeah. What, what happened? I don't you, know. You didn't like that? Just thinking about, no, I thought it was pretty good. Was a good joke. I, I, like I imagine that, that uh, Gabe at this point just like has Atlas and Peabody, the little robots from Portal 2, like for real. And they just hang out with him in his office. That's wild. I can only yeah. imagine if you went to go break in. And you found Half-Life 3. Like, you just broke and you found it. It's, it's, in a, it's a golden Gaben, disc under glass in Gabe's office. Gabe's behind you, though, in a silhouette, literally with a gun. And you hear the gun cock. And he said, you shouldn't have gone digging, Rich. And you put your hands up. <laughs> so you got it all figured out, huh? Yeah, he goes, you shouldn't have gone digging, Rich. Couldn't leave well enough alone. <laughs> you couldn't leave it. You just couldn't leave it alone. Because <laughs> you take a crowbar, you find a single crowbar, yeah. and it falls. And it turns out it opens, and it's a USB drive. And you just say, what the hell? And you just cause couldn't just leave it alone, could you, Rich? I told you to leave. Why don't I you told fuck? you to get out. Why didn't you, you listen? Gabe, the world needs this. The world doesn't deserve it, Rich. <laughs> just I speech. think I can decide what the world needs. <laughs> Make it, ship it, write it. Who are you to keep this from us? <laughs> Who oh, am my I? Goodness. I'm your god. <laughs> you want to know what I was thinking about, too, the other day? Gabe has really not made a lot of public appearances. No. Of anything. And I'm wondering if it's just because that's who he is as a businessman. I'd imagine so. Or it's just his personality. Like, he's just he really not about like it. He's a shtick of a character just because he's like a kind of awkward looking dude uh, who's very successful. I just... No, well, it's true where he just may not... Like, take Kojima, for example, mm. right? Like, the only time I've ever actually seen Gabe most of the time was at the International. And I see Kojima chain-smoking cigarettes with Mad Mickelson in front of the 7-Eleven every Thursday. Yeah, well, that's why I like Kojima, because Kojima's a man of the limelight. He loves you know, style. He, he's uh, a man who loves cinema. Like, he's a man who wants to, who's living a movie star's life without being a movie star. I've only seen... Yeah, apparently Gabe has only shown up at the internationals. Well, I mean, they just charged the robot the rest of the year. <laughs> the Gabe robot. It's like the, uh, the Reginator from Mega64. Yeah. It takes 300... It takes, like... Four forty days or something to charge him. That just um, makes me think of that like Thirty Rock joke where Jack's like, "We work some of the kinks out of Mitt Romney. He's not killing homeless people at night anymore." <laughs> wow! After we watch that show, it's fantastic. Um, breaking news! Is it really breaking? This happened, it happened hours ago. Uh, like twenty minutes before we recorded. Oh, Fortnite's dead. Fortnite, Fortnite is kill. It is. It, it um, is kill. The season ten like spectacular was supposed to happen today, and basically is that what they called it? Uh, no, I'm, that's what I'm calling it. Uh, season ten was ending, and uh, a black hole essentially like. Apparently, I did some research here. There's been an alien on the map since like season two, mm. uh, and a lot of shit was going down. Now, a black hole opened and swallowed up the entire map, and the game is currently offline. If you try and log in, you'll just see a black screen with like a little white light, mm. and you cannot play the game right now. By the time this podcast goes up, I would wager you could. 
this rumor has been circulating around for a while now that the next season is going to launch with a brand new map, and it's going to be called Fortnite Chapter 2. Interesting. Uh, so, yeah. I like that. I don't really play Fortnite, but I thought... I don't play it anymore, would. but... I, I did. Th- I think that's pretty cool. I think it's interesting. I think they're doing a lot of things that are pretty new. It's happening, and we're talking about it. They're keeping it fresh. I give them a lot of props. They could have just left it alone. Totally. And just made their money. When does Destiny launch their, um, Battle Royale? Um, I don't know. Tomorrow. I gotta be honest. But... That seems inevitable, right? I'm giving... I give them a lot of props just because, genuinely, they could have just left the game alone. But they do a lot of they work. They could have just kept creating cosmetics. They support the hell out of it. They in do. In real fun ways. I would imagine... Yeah. They're really doing pretty damn well. And I think they're going to be popular maybe for another year in the 2020s when we hit the Roaring Twenties. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited I for think the they have another year. Back. I think they have another year ahead of them, and then who knows. Um, will Battle Royale games die? One day. I think so, too, as we all do. Do you like that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um... I'm trying to think of another point. Death Stranding comes out soon. Yeah. We're almost, we're a little less than a month now. Um, I'm really excited because we got next week's show. And I'm going to write a whole goddamn dissertation on this game. I am, I'm excited to, uh, I'm definitely going to draft a review, um, for that game because it's a good video game. That's um, kind of all I have to say. I love video games and you should too. Thank you so much for listening to the Gecko's Games guys. Actually, No. No. I want to talk about something else. Okay, talk about Doom it. Doom got delayed. We never talked about yeah, it. Yeah, we didn't. Fuck. Uh, Doom. Uh, Doom Eternal. Pushed into March of 2020. Yes. And that is the same month as Animal Crossing. And Final Fantasy VII Remake. Wow. And, uh, and Cyberpunk 2020. What do you think influences those decisions? That's something I'm actually really curious about. Uh, I believe that's about. getting it out before the end of the first quarter of 2020. Oh, well, of course. Okay. You're right. Stupid question, because... I work in business that also tries to get software out in quarters. Um, that's a stacked year. Uh, here's all the things that that's we... That's stacked. March 2020, Doom Eternal, Cyberpunk 2020, uh, Animal Crossing, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Allegedly, that's when Persona 5R is coming to the US. That's five games off the bat that I want to play all of them. That's so much. How do you have time? I How don't. How does anybody have time for this? I don't. Um, I play I'm, Destiny 2 full-time now. No. No. That's what Bungie wants, you fool. Um, it is a good game, though. I gotta give credit. Well, Should we, let's we just do housekeeping. housekeeping. I was just thinking, yeah. you know, we have a lot of fun here on the Gecko's Gamescast, but sometimes you just... Sometimes you just gotta end it. Sometimes. End it while the... Uh, strike while the iron's hot. hot. Totally. And let it cool down. So... Uh, housekeeping coming in. Blog is up and running. GeckoGamePodcast.wordpress.com. That's where you can check out reviews. I'm getting a little more active on there. I only posted two reviews uh, prior. You know, life's busy, but I'm getting back in. Uh, big thanks to Ed Biquette for our intro. Uh, you can ask us questions. GeckoGamesPodcast at gmail.com. We might read them on the air. Uh, you can find Eric on Twitter at beautiful underscore Eric. You can find me at the Richmeister Zero. Talk with us, chat with us. You can head on over to our Twitch channel to watch some fun streams, including this Zelda undertaking I've been doing. Um, that is twitch.tv slash gecko wild. Uh, but Eric, this has been real. And I'll see you back on this show. Absolutely. Next week. Hey, Rich. Thanks for coming by. This is my house. I see. <laughs> Play us out. <laughs>